Audi. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast Christmas Special. Yes, that time of year again. I will start this episode with an apology for not having recorded nearly as many episodes as usual this year. I think it's mainly because I've just been parenting and working. Oh, and buying a new house uh, for the kids and I. So it's all been a bit encompassing. All that sort of responsibility stuff gets in the way, doesn't it? Anyway, I'm determined to go back to at least every fortnight for the episodes in 2024. And we have some very exciting plans ahead for the podcast and some wonderful guests planned out. And in the case of my recent on-location recordings, an amazingly beautiful trip to the Maldives with Kuoni, uh, which is already in the bag and I know you're going to love. And I do have plenty of more on-location recordings planned too, because I know people love them. And so do I. I can't argue with that. Other than the Maldives and several trips back and forth to Malaga to see my parents, of course, a few nice trips to Bilbao, Mallorca, and a really fantastic trip actually to Copenhagen and uh, getting the uh, the train up to Sweden to see my brother in concert. We had an amazing weekend, brother-sister weekend in Copenhagen. It was really good to see him on stage in front of a, uh, a big crowd at a rock festival. One thing I am doing when I'm not traveling, sounds like I'm traveling all the time, but I'm not really. That sounded quite busy, but Um, I could absolutely travel more. I used to travel more. Uh, But one thing I do when I'm not traveling is make sure I do all the things that I enjoy most about traveling. So trying to recreate what I love about travel by going to that new cafe or restaurant or just a long walk through a different neighborhood or literally standing on the beach and turning my face to the sun. Um, something I, I find I lack sun at this time of year. And I find that as I get older, the more I realize that actually the most important commodity um, that we have isn't money or status or work, although obviously money does help a little bit. It's time isn't it it really is having time and holidays are often about creating that time Of course, talking of time, this time of year is when our dark days here in the Northern Hemisphere get to their very darkest, yet it's also the turning point towards the spring and lighter and sunnier days again. So our first guest of this year doesn't really celebrate Christmas itself, but loves to travel all over during the Christmas period. And to Susie Buttress from the Casual Birder podcast, who is our first guest of the episode, spending Christmas in Antarctica was just the place to see in the solstice. It's Susie here from the Casual Birder podcast. I've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit at Christmas each year. And um, a few years ago, I was, well, I've been in Antarctica for Christmas and I've been in Australia for Christmas. And the last few years we've been in Norfolk, but we're generally away at Christmas. And I will always spend Christmas Day looking at birds. And I remember when we were in um, Antarctica on Christmas Day back in 2014, we were at Gritviken on South Georgia and to stand looking at king penguins and just being in a most beautiful remote location in an area where in previous years, 
in early years, they had been whaling, but we were surrounded by rusted equipment that had been left in South Georgia, but had been reclaimed by the nature that's there. So watching fur seals, watching the penguins and watching the gulls and the um, and the other birds around and just be there for Christmas. Um, I don't celebrate Christmas myself, but I know it is a special day for lots of people. And I choose to have it as a special day for myself with birds. And I will always remember standing on the beach at Gritviken. May I ask why you don't celebrate Christmas? I d- I'm not religious at all. I don't have a religious faith. Um, a few years ago, we kind of stepped away from um, the commercialism of Christmas. Uh, you know, it was quite hard to tell all the family members that I wasn't I didn't expect presents and I wasn't going to give presents anymore because we were spending hundreds of pounds on things that we didn't even know if they would like. And so we just stepped away. And I think it's probably been about seven or eight years. We've, we've just not celebrated Christmas, but we do celebrate, we do take that time. And I, I'm very much um, like the solstice and the idea that, you know, we've got to the shortest day and now we're, getting back towards summer, which, you know, I'm a springtime baby. That's when I was born. I love the spring. So to know that the dark days are, oh, sorry, the dark nights are getting shorter and that we're getting back to the, the sunshine. Um, so while we have to sort of shift our celebrations a little bit, because the 21st of December is um, a little bit too early for Christmas, I tend to think of the bit between Christmas and New Year as my my celebration time for welcoming the world back and welcoming the sun back and looking for those moments when you know the birds start singing again and you'll notice it even now you can start to hear some of the breeding song happening as they start to mark out the territories it just feels like we're starting to feel life again I'm never great when it gets too dark so having been able to go back to Antarctica this year we're going to experience a little bit of the southern summer (laughs) <laughs> as we were coming into the winter here. Um, but yes, yeah, so being on that beach at Gritviken and, you know, just being in the height of summer there with long, long days, um, but just watching the birds around me. But yeah, that's we don't celebrate Christmas, um, but we take advantage of the fact that we get leave from work. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> totally Free self-serving. Kids, I was like that as well. I was always <laughs> up on some sort of long haul, uh, you know, for Christmas. Oh, Susie, thank you so much. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Susie. I love that. Now, I don't know about you, but I still very much see the calendar year as operating in terms of a term. I think I always have done when, uh, when, from when I was at school. And of course, now I've got kids at school. So I almost see the year starting in September, really. And we've just had the what is apparently uh, most people see as the longest and hardest term. So well done us. Lighter days are indeed just around the corner. But yes, it can be a lot of fun in the lead up to Christmas with parties and celebrations. And of course, things like Strictly Come Dance. Uh, which is a bit of a hint for our next Christmas guest, after which one can only imagine the dancers need a little bit of a break. Travelling far and wide at Christmas is something many of our guests, of course, get up to, whether that's for skiing in a hallmark picture-perfect Christmas in the US and also yoga in India like Nitin Sawney, being towed on sledges behind huskies in Lapland like Warwick Davis, or avoiding Christmas altogether like motoring journalist Ben Oliver on a Marrakesh rooftop, accompanied by the beautiful sound of Joni Mitchell and the call to prayer. I'm Nitin Sawney. I'm a composer and producer. Um, I've got a new album out called Identity. Um, I've had amazing times um, playing music around the world um, and travelled to many different countries. But one experience that I think 
is uh, has been a really nice one. I kind of, I mean, I didn't grow up with skiing, but I wanted to kind of try it. And there were some friends of mine who actually live out in, in quite a posh place called Vail in, in America. Um, and uh, I went there. Um, I've been there a couple of uh, Christmases because it's probably the most Christmassy place I've ever been. It's got incredible... Um, and I don't ski that much there. I, I, I do um, a little. I do a little. I kind of will, will go skiing. But but um, but I just find it the most beautiful place to be around Christmas because it's just full of beautiful Christmas trees and um, and lovely people. And it's always uh, it's always snowing. And just for me, it feels like a, a fantasy place to be. But um, but yeah, I I love that experience. But I've I've been to so many different places around Christmas. I mean, one one place that I've really enjoyed going to is um is Varna around Christmas, which is um in Dehradun in India. Um, and it's a yoga retreat where you can um go and uh, and have all kinds of beautiful treatments and amazing macrobiotic food. And so I've always enjoyed that experience. So I guess I'm lucky in that I've travelled to some amazing countries and places. Um. Uh, around Christmas. It sounds like that first one, the one in the States is like your Hallmark Christmas, you know, your cheesy Hallmark movie. It is. Where, it is. It's, uh, post, yeah. it's postcard Christmas. Yeah, Everyone's absolutely. chopping down a Christmas tree, falling in love at the, uh, you know, at the uh, over the, the, the uh, oh, whatever, the uh, bold uh-huh. wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Warwick Davis, and my Christmas travel story relates to Lapland, which is where we took our two young children to see Santa Claus. And I just remember my son going, being completely in awe of meeting Santa Claus for real, and then going outside afterwards, laying in the snow, sort of doing angels like his sister was, and asking, why am I doing this? He really didn't understand what this was all about, but just because his sister was doing it, he thought he should. While you lied there, it means nothing, but get up and have a look, and then uh, all will become clear. Oh, we went... um, on the skidoo bikes, we went sledging behind huskies. Although not such a great experience for me that because all I remember was the smell of uh, dog poo, unfortunately, because the huskies get so excited just before you set off. They all need to have a quick poo before they run. And as you set off through on the sled, it rides through all the dog poo. So you then end up smelling that the whole journey. Nobody talks about this stuff, do they? No. Everyone talks about the nice bit of like sledging in the beautiful pristine snow. Nobody tells you you've got to get loads of Dog poo splattered on you. Is no, it I didn't say splattered, did I? I never <laughs> meant I said the smell of dog poo. Hi, I'm Ben Oliver. I'm a motoring journalist. Uh, and my favourite Christmas travel memory, I think, um, was spending it in Marrakesh uh, and sitting on the roof um, of the Riyadh, where I was staying, um, reading WB Yeats and listening to Joni Mitchell and hearing the call of the, the Muezzin um, sort of floating across the, the rooftops and just feeling really unchristmassy, but but very, very good as a result. That was actually... Uh, it was the first uh, Christmas that I'd actually spent away from my kids um, after I'd separated from their mum. Uh, and so so we decided to, to just get away from the UK um, and, and go to Morocco. So it's kind of bittersweet for that for that reason. And Christmases are fine now, generally. Um, but uh, but yeah, I decided to go somewhere as un-Christmassy as possible. And so so a Muslim country seemed the obvious answer. Morocco was, was reasonably uh, accessible and, and I hadn't really spent any proper time in Marrakesh. Christmases I find are bittersweet anyway, aren't they? They make you think of... Uh 
you know they, they can be emotional I think like friends and family but also people you're missing and time's gone by and Christmas music which is so full of nostalgia as far as I'm concerned yeah definitely I think sort of getting yourself away from the whole sort of UK Christmas thing just generally like the, the commercialism and stuff there, there was definitely an advantage to that not having to cook, cook Christmas dinner for, for a massive family as well so I was there with some family members which was lovely so obviously not you know kind of totally uh, isolated and obviously talking to the kids on the phone um quite a lot but uh, but yeah it just felt it felt very odd to be in this in this really remarkable, very beautiful, but but very unchristmassy env- environment. Yeah, like I said, listening to Jamie Mitchell, but then hearing them wearing, you know, making their calls across the rooftops. You, you just thought, right, yeah, this is exactly what I came for. This is what I was looking for. I've got, I've really got far away from Christmas now. So, excellent. That's amazing. Thank you. But as well as travelling far and wide, Christmas for many of us is about going home, wherever that might be, or indeed staying home. Here we have Freya Ridings with fond memories of her nana's house in Coventry, playing board games with her cousins and eating frozen prawn rings. I'm assuming they were defrosted and cooked Uh, and singing at the piano in her nana's tiny house. And also Robert Munns from Oceans of Hope UK, the charity that takes people with MS sailing, who despite sailing all around the world, has spent all of his Christmases with his mum and dad in the same house in Northamptonshire. Hi, I'm Freya Ridings and this is my little Christmas story about when we used to travel up to my Nana's house in Coventry in the Midlands, which is where my mum's from. Um, And she has a really, really, she had a really, really small house, like it was tiny, like enough for a little old lady but not enough for all of the cousins would pack in and we'd just be like crammed in this house um like trying to play like board games all just like like together but she had a really really old piano and she used to let me play it and I used to play like Christmas carols and stuff and I used to and I remember like I learned um in the arms of an angel (laughs) but it was like obviously not a Christmas song it's like more of a very sad song um, as I was always very attached to them, even as a child. And my auntie like burst into tears because bless her, she'd just gone through a divorce. She's like, why would you do that to me at Christmas? I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's like, it was beautiful, but why? Um, but bless her, it was like, like getting to spend that time, like even all crammed in, like, you know, my my grandma, my nan is not no longer with us. And it's like those times were, it was so annoying to have to go somewhere for Christmas every year. But at the same time, I look back and I'm so glad we did it. And I'm so glad that she used to throw those parties with her little like frozen prawn rings, like, and she'd tell you off if you had more than one because it was one per person, one prawn. And it was like, it was just crazy shit like that. I was like, oh, yeah, that was my little Christmas fun story. <laughs> it's funny how you, those things that you get annoyed about. And I was thinking about, I'm thinking about this when I'm lying in bed with my boys who won't sleep without me and, you know, yeah. doing the music things and everything. And some days that's really, you know, the bedtime music songs, picking music. Some days I'm thinking, yeah, this is really special. And other days I'm like, well, fuck, wait, why don't you just go to sleep? I need to go downstairs. <laughs> I need to tidy up whatever. And I have to try and, you have to try and bring yourself back in the room going, no, one day this will be a memory and a beautiful yeah. one. And, you know, yeah. me picking the music with my kids and you having your one prawn <laughs> with your nan. <laughs> one prawn. And I was a hungry child. I was like, mommy, I'm so hungry. Nana won't feed me. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful Christmas memory. Hello, I'm Warwick Davis. And my Christmas travel story relates to Lapland, which is where we took our two young children to see Santa Claus. And I just remember my son going being completely in awe of meeting Santa Claus for real and then going outside afterwards laying in the snow sort of doing angels like his sister was and asking why am I doing this he really didn't understand what this was all about but just because his sister was doing it he thought he should while you lie there it means nothing but get up and have a look and then uh, all will become clear oh we went um, on the skidoo bikes we went sledging behind huskies 
Although not such a great experience for me that because all I remember was the smell of uh, dog poo, unfortunately, because the Huskies get so excited just before you set off. They all need to have a quick poo before they run. And as you set off through on the sled, it rides through all the dog poo. So you then end up smelling that the whole journey. Nobody talks about this stuff, do they? No. Everyone talks about the nice bit of like sledging in the beautiful, pristine snow. Nobody tells you you've got to get loads of dog poo <laughs> splattered on you. No, you I didn't say splattered, did I? I, never <laughs> meant, I said the smell of dog poo. Hello, my name is Robert Munns. I run the charity Oceans of Hope UK. We're a sailing charity for people with multiple sclerosis. And all these travel items that I talked about in our episode, um, I've just realised that... that I've never spent Christmas away from my parents. I'm 53 years old and I've spent, I think, 48 or 49 of those Christmases with my parents in the same house. So happy Christmas travels to you and your listeners, because I know where I'm going to be. New Dustin, Northampton over Christmas. Happy Christmas! There's something beautiful about that, though. There's something absolutely beautiful. You've been around the world, you've saved everywhere, and at least 50 Christmases you've spent in the same house with your parents. I go back to the people that started me sailing, and I say thank you to them. <laughs> and we watch the king now. It'll be the king, the king's this year. Oh, my speech. gosh. The king's... But, ooh, ooh. Um, so, yes. <laughs> so, that's Christmas. Um, happy Christmas! You can go sailing the rest of the year. Yes, anytime, any place, anywhere. That's it for our Christmas special. Thank you so much to all our wonderful guests. Like I said, we have some great people and indeed places lined up for 2024. And I hope you do too. Thank you so much for sticking with us this year. You're a great bunch of listeners and I do feel honestly privileged to have you. Here's to a wonderful 2024 to one and all. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.